Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 147. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. this session, we're going to begin looking at the life of Abraham. So as just a brief introduction, I had you, um, I, we skipped over chapter 11 last time uh, after the Tower of Babel. So we skipped over the second part because there was a lot of genealogy there. And I'm sure you found all that genealogy fascinating. But uh, the last part of chapter 11 tells us about Abraham's father, a gentleman named Terah, and he lives in the place called Ur of the Chaldeans. And uh, so that is kind of at the, in present day Iraq, uh, southern Iraq there. And um, so he has the, this kid. Now note that one of his kids' names, uh, the kid's name is Abram, A-B-R-A-M, not Abraham. There's a significant name change which will take place in a few chapters after Abram proves himself. But I just want you to put in the back of your mind, there's only three times in all of Scripture where God changes a person or a couple's name. Only three times. And each time it's significant because the time that God changes a name, it's he's appointing a new leader for God's people. And he makes each time of those three, they're much more specific. I'll just name them now and we'll talk more about that when, when we get to each of them. Abram becomes Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. Uh, his grandson, Jacob uh, becomes, his name is changed by God to Israel, which is, you know, um, Israel means struggles with God, but it also he is the, the founder of the, the 12 tribes of Israel, all right? And then the last is when Simon Peter, God, Christ, changes his name to Peter, which means, you know, you're the rock on which I will build what? My church. So name changes are significant, but we'll we'll talk more about that as we go on. So we have uh, Abram and his uh, grandson Lot, and uh, this Terah, Abram's father, brings them out of this Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But they reached a place called Haran, and they lived there. Okay, now we're on to chapter 12. Now, until this time, Abram's family, they've all been pagans, okay? They're not following the, the, you know, the God that we know, okay? But yet, in chapter 12, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house. So you're supposed to leave your kinsfolk behind. Why? Because they're pagans, all right? Go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. 
So God's saying, you know, my protection is over you. You don't have to worry about dying or being beaten up or taken advantage of, right? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the communities of the earth shall find blessing in you. That's quite a statement. Is, is that, does that end up being true? Yes. How? Well, we saw, if you recall, in the genealogies of Jesus, when we studied the Gospels of Luke and Matthew, that in those genealogies, Abraham, who Abram becomes after his name changes, uh, is in those genealogies. So Jesus is, uh, or I should say, Abram, Abraham is an ancestor of Jesus. And through that, through Christ, all the communities of the earth shall find blessing in him. Okay, so God keeps his promises. Verse four, Abram went as the Lord directed him. Now that takes a lot of faith, right? Um, trust me on this one. Haran is about 600 miles from where uh, where he ends up, you know, in the uh, in the Holy Land there. And so imagine if God told you, and maybe he is telling you, hey, I want you to pick up and trust me on this one and move 600 miles away to a place you've never seen before or even heard of before. Would you do it? Well, Abram says, okay. I don't get it, but I'll do it. And God calls all of us sometimes to just say, okay, God, you're God, I'm not. I think I'll trust you and I'll walk with you and you show me the way. So that that gives us uh, you know, a lesson right there, right? You don't have to understand every step of the way that God directs you. You just have to trust him and follow his path. And how do you develop that relationship? Prayer. You talk to God. You ask God, what should I do? You, you, you talk to God all the time. Pray without ceasing. I mean, just when you're in the car, whatever. Just have conversations with God and you will get a peace in knowing and when you let God direct your paths. And that's what Abram does here. Now, so this is the first of six tests that we will see Abraham is given. So, uh, he's told to leave his people, you know, because they're, uh, it's unspoken here, but uh, they are not followers of the one God, right? And so they're supposed to, he's supposed to leave his people and uh, go to this land. Um, it says, uh, verse 4, Abram went as the Lord directed him, and Lot went with him. Lot was his nephew, okay? So uh, Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the persons they had acquired in Haran, slaves or whatever, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Okay, so how did Abraham, what grade would you give Abram on this first test? I'd give him a B plus. Why wouldn't I give him an A? Well, he was told to go forth from your father's house, you know, go away from your, your family, right? And he took Lot. So he did pretty well, but he took Lot. Did God tell him to take Lot? No, 
God said, go forth from your father's house. We shall see that this minor deviation will cause him some grief as we go on in the story of Abram. So when God tells you something, you know, follow him all the way. Don't, don't, don't get a B plus, get an A. All right. So he takes Lot and we'll see. He'll probably be sorry that, uh, that he did that. Um, but anyway, He's, he's thinking, um, how, God, how are you going to make me a great nation? We find out that, well, it says here in verse 4, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. And uh, so he's thinking, well, I got to have somebody to, you know, give my inheritance to so that I can be a, a great nation. So he, he trusts God as far as he understands, but um, um, God has even greater plans for him. Uh, that don't involve Lot. Okay, just keep that in the back of your mind. So now we get to his second test. So he enters the land of Canaan, and that is a pagan land as well. And uh, um, it says in verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. Now, Abram is 75 years old at this time. But he trusts God. So it says, Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now he's building an altar to the one God in the land of pagans. So that takes some guts, right? He's out there with his faith. He's not ashamed of his faith. He builds an altar right there. So that's a second test, if you will. Uh, what grade would you give Abram for that? I'd give him an A+. And I hope that we can all earn A pluses in that regard, in that when we are surrounded by people who, who do not believe in God, it is up to us to show that we believe in God and why. And, um, you know, so Abram gives us a great example there. Okay. So in his own way, he's evangelizing. He's not speaking, but just by building an altar. So I would ask you, if you, um, if I came to your house, would I see any evidence that you were a Christian? Would there perhaps be um, some verses of scripture uh, on, on the wall or perhaps a crucifix or uh, a statue or, or something? Um, boldly show your faith even by, you know, what is in your house. And that's kind of what, uh, uh, what Abram does here, right? Okay, now, so he builds this altar. So that's test number two. So, so far he's got a B plus in that he left the land on faith and uh, he was in and uh, goes where he's supposed to. Great job, except he took a lot. Second test, A+. Plus. Okay, he's evangelizing and building this altar in a pagan land. Okay, it'd be like wearing a Christian t-shirt in, you know, downtown, you know, any city in America probably. All right, third test. Now bear in mind, Abram's already been told, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. Uh, so God's going to watch out for him, right? So it says in verse 10, there was famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there since the famine in the land was severe. Now, did he really need to go to 
Egypt? Does it say that Abram prayed to God, hey, you know, what should I do? There's a famine. Should I go to Egypt or not? Doesn't say that he prayed there. He just, okay, there's a famine. I guess I'm supposed to go to Egypt. Okay. Um, so that's thing number one. He didn't, didn't pray. Okay. So, uh, then he said to his wife, Sarai, I know how beautiful a woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, she is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say, therefore, that you are my sister. And as we will find out uh, later on, she actually is kind of his half-sister. But uh, um, please say, therefore, that you are my sister so that it may go well with me on your account and my life may be spared for your sake. Now, is that honest? No. Did he need to do that? No. God would have protected him anyway. Okay. So he uses deceit there. Uh, and what happens? When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw how beautiful the woman was. And when Pharaoh's courtiers saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. So she was taken into Pharaoh's palace. So he sort of uh, pimps out his own wife, doesn't he? Because she gets into the palace, and you can imagine what goes on there. On her account, it went very well with Abraham, and he received flocks and herds, male and female slaves, male and female asses, and camels. So does this seem fair? I mean, he, he lies and he pimps out his wife, and yet he gets rewarded by all this stuff. Well, we shall see, perhaps not today, that uh, all of this stuff that he gets, um, it maybe isn't all uh, a bed of roses for him, particularly when you consider at least one of the female slaves that he gets. Uh, hint, hint, it won't go well for for him. But uh, the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abram's wife, Sarai. Then Pharaoh summoned Abram and said to him, how could you do this to me? Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? And then Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him on his way with his wife and all that belonged to him. So this was the third test what grade would you give Abram on this one? Well, sorry, Abram, I got to give you an F on this. I mean, you lied. First of all, you shouldn't even had to go to Egypt, right? God told you he was going to take care of you. And you, without praying, went to Egypt on your own. Then you lied about it, and then you pimped out your sister. By the way, if you ever heard the story of Abraham when you were a, uh, a child, uh, that's, this part about him pimping out his uh, wife probably wasn't uh, what uh, you would have read then. Okay, so what do we learn from this? Abram, while he has faith, it's not a complete faith. I am heartened by the fact that all the biblical heroes there, uh, throughout the Bible, with the exception of Mary, they all have flaws. All right, they all fall short. And that gives me, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad to know that 
Because if everybody in the Bible, or if anybody in the Bible other than Christ and Mary lived uh, sinless lives, I wouldn't be able to relate to them. But he uses, I mean, you probably haven't, uh, uh, you know, you, you probably haven't uh, uh, pimped out your sister, okay? And uh, so God, as we shall see, is always willing to forgive and move on. So Abram, even though he gets an F in this, does God strike him dead? No. God continues to work with him, as we shall see in chapter in the in the following chapters and god will continue to work with you as well even when you get an f if you will in some test that god gives you okay chapter 13 in this chapter abram and lot separate uh they they've acquired all of this stuff and they brought all the stuff that they had immediately and uh lot who was with abram now we're in chapter 13 verse 5 um, also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support them if they stayed together. You know, there's only so much uh, pasture to graze on. Uh, their possessions were so great they could not dwell together. So there were quarrels between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and those of Lot's. Um, so verse uh, 8, so Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are kinsmen. Another translation would say brothers. Once again, brothers meant a different thing in the Semitic culture than it does in America, right? Um, the uh, NAB, which many of you would have, says kinsmen. They're, they're taking liberties with that translation. Uh, a better translation would be brothers. We know that Lot was a nephew of Abram, um, but there was no word for, uh, you know, nephew in the Semitic languages back then. So they used the word brothers. Similarly, in the case of Christ, and all the Protestants will tell you, oh, Jesus had brothers. Well, Jesus had male relatives, okay? But uh, you could look it up. In the Semitic languages, there is no word for uh, cousin, or in this case, uh, nephew. All male relatives were were considered uh, brothers. Okay, but we'll set that aside. That's that's not the point. And uh, so they they separate. And Lot, by the way, takes the best land for for himself. So is, uh, is, is that a problem, splitting with Lot, the, the land? Uh, you know, Abraham knows God will bless him no matter which half Abram chooses. So it doesn't matter what half he gets. So, uh, so far, this little issue with, uh, with Lot is not a big one. But we shall see that, um, you know, it, as, as we move on, and we're about out of time tonight, but uh, Lot will cause other problems for Abraham. But as we also shall see, 
God can even take bad things and make something good happen out of them. And that certainly is the case with Abram, and it certainly is the case with us. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Lord, we like these sto this story that's developing about Abram because we see some parallels with our own lives. In each of each case, whether it's Abram or ourselves, uh, you ask us to trust you, uh, sometimes with, uh, without knowing the facts, uh, all the facts. And so when we put our trust in you, uh, we are blessed through that as our relationship grows. And uh, when we decide to go off on our own without pray praying to you, without trusting you, uh, we will, as Abram will find out, uh, have some distress as a result of that. So thank you for the story of Abraham, which gives us more guidance in our own relationship with you. Uh, we thank you for this. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.